I ever tell you the story about the guy, the photographer trying to get Max Thompson from me? Ooh. Oh, well, I've heard it, but You've I heard think it. America needs to hear it. Oh, no, it's fine. I heard it. There's a there's a photographer who takes pictures of scantily clad people. Um, who's also named Max Thompson. Okay. And on on uh Instagram he's at Max Thompson. Mm-hmm. But I was uh ahead of the game and I got at Max Thompson on Twitter like in 08. Nice. Right. Um at some point along the line like I think his at his Twitter handle was at Max Thompson underscore like trying to get Ooh, it as close yeah. as possible, right? right? right, right. So he like DMs me and he's like, "Hey man, uh, it it'd be really huge for me if I could get that from you." And I was like, "Oh man, you know, no worries. I understand like why you'd want it. That's all good. But you know, I've had it for a while. I don't think I'm gonna let It's mine. But somehow he read like the first half of it, just saw the no worries, and he was like, "That's so awesome. Thank you so much. I want it. You know, just tell me what you need me to do and I'll take it." And I was like, "No man, I I really appreciate your enthusiasm, but I'm not giving you this." <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then he was like, oh, okay, I understand. No, no, sorry, sorry. I was like, yeah. why would I do that? <laughs> why? Why would I just give Defile it to you? your good name. It'd be th- one thing if I was just like some blank egg avatar or whatever right, back right. then. And it's like, hey, you're not, you're clearly not using this. This is right. back when I did tweet. Well, it's like, I think that's the case for at Matt Step. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure at Matt Step, someone check that, is mm-hmm. it's somebody who has never tweeted. Yeah. They're just, they just have at Matt Step. Which is, um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's something Mike, else. We got, people, we got people checking in already. Hey, what's up, Daniel Agnew? Hello, Matt McSpad, friends. Rob Hadaway from yeah. Southlake. He's become a, our Southlake uh, OG. At Matt Step is a Colts logo with nine tweets, three followers, and eight. No, eight followers and three I think following. He's, I, think, I think our Matt Step has a case. Michael, Rod, Mike, Michael Rodriguez watching from Sundown. Mike Downing, Hershey at Springtown. Me and Ish will be there, baby. Yeah. Oh, you guys are going. We're going to that game. Oh, yep. Fine. Talked to Coach Hewlett last night via email. Should be fun. Um, What's up, Paul Roberts? Hey, Ruben Rios. Whole crew's here, guys. It's Thursday. It is Thursday. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is a fact. I can verify. Uh, yeah, it's it's Thursday all day. Um, <laughs> the so I was I would say maybe the number one accomplishment in my professional career, which is Tommy Hayes in the building, which is damning with faint praise, is um, oh the last name is is squatting on at Tepper at Tepper. Yeah. I mean that's a. That's, right. That's I've got to be honest. It's, that's a choice. It's pretty good, especially because that's basically what you're known as. Yes. Most people call you Tepper. They don't call you Greg. Exactly. Right. right. And so that is, um, it's really, it, uh, again, damn it with faint praise, but probably the, the greatest professional accomplishment I've ever had mm-hmm. yep. is that, um, um, it, and I don't know, it's it, it's important to brand yourself. And I've branded myself as so an idiot with a Twitter account. you would say at Tepper is more important than your Emmy. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Don't let the don't let the uh, he academy. More, he hear I would do with that. I, let yeah. me let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Don't let the television academy. I am not a hundred percent certain that the Emmy happens without Ad Tepper. Okay. Right. Okay. Because like, I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> like if I was if I was like G underscore Tep seventy eight. You know what I mean? Or something like that. It's a terrible Twitter That's handle. That's a terrible way. Twitter handle. Or just like underscore, 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 right. Greg. Right. Yeah. I wonder if that's available. At at three underscores and Greg. <laughs> it's got to be, right? It's got to be. Um, it's got to be available. Uh, but that's... What about just Greg with like seven Gs? Greg. I was say, we got to get Craig. 
Craig Way one. Craig Way one. Get who's Craig, who's, who's at Craig? Who's Way? at Craig Way? Move, move him out. That's some right. bullshit. <laughs> move him out. Move who's him doing out. that? Um, yeah, I am. I am in favor of like, but the like. I'm about to say something that that's that's that I don't mean, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Well, why stop now? <laughs> we need to sort Twitter handles by who will most responsibly use them. Who okay. will best use them? Sure. So, sure. for example, I don't know who the other Ishmael Johnson is. It's a Twitter egg. It's a Twitter egg? Yeah. Uh, Ishmael Johnson sitting to my right would 100% use at Ishmael Johnson better than that than yeah, the egg. Probably. Right? Probably. Max, I, I don't know. Your case is interesting because you don't tweet anymore. Look, as, look, he. I'm verified, though. That's the problem. You are verified. I'm verified. So now you can never give it up. I can never. I won't give it up. But if we're talking about the currency of internet uh, posts and tweets, mm-hmm. scantily clad people definitely <laughs> yeah. higher on the rating system than anything I've done. Then, yeah. then Liverpool tweets. Then, then, l- then Mo Salah hot takes. Where should I eat in Liverpool? Yes. Tweets uh, is probably not competing very well with that. Let's yeah. be True. honest. Yeah, you, you get run out. Yeah, you would definitely get run yeah. out. Sorry, I would. Man. That's no Twitter coup. That's not not great. So Eddie Jackson's in the house. What's up, buddy? So that yeah, I I don't know. The the Emmy is nice, but I also only had um, boy, I think there I think like ten people got an Emmy for that show, and yeah. I would just happen to be one of them. Right. So I'm I'm very and I've been clear about that. I was very much a hanger on for sure. that. Sure, right. sure. Not sure. apologizing. No. Want to be clear? Not no. apologizing. I'll take more too. Yes. If you guys have them. Um, but the but squatting on at Tepper was all me. So any, as a result, I'm gonna. Y'all got any more of them trophies? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's a great conversation piece. Yeah. Because people are like, like they walk in and they look at like it's on it's on like my mantle. Oh. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, uh-huh. is that an Emmy? It is. It is an you? Emmy. You? <laughs> yeah. Man, they'll give them to anybody, and I yeah, say right. yes, they will. They will. That's true. Yeah, yeah, you want one? Uh, Ruben Rio says one of these days we'll see y'all doing the show while eating barbecue. How obnoxious would it be to watch that? I get why it's exciting for me. We wouldn't be. Oh talking. No, no, I want to be clear. I'm in favor of it. I, but but I can't All imagine. Of us will do it tomorrow. Why would anyone want to watch us enjoy great barbecue that they can't eat? Yeah. Well, I don't think he sought this one through. But that gets. Into, I love Ruben. That but. gets into the Food Network conversation. But I, you know, it's not like. You know what food I mean? Network isn't like, a, here's a table full of food. We're going to eat it for a half hour. It's like we're preparing it. We're telling stories about it. And at the very end, we'll take, a, we'll take a quick little taste. Oh, it's great. You guys should do it at home, right? Could, counterpoint. Counterpoint. Okay. Man versus food. Oh, that's just uh, – <laughs> that's watching someone suffer. It's different. It's, a, it's, a, it's like watching uh, American Ninja Warrior, Warrior but with food. <laughs> that – what's that guy's name? Adam Richman. Adam, Adam Richman. But he doesn't do it anymore. I was going to say, because he, he almost die. died. <laughs> well, he almost died, and then he uh, had some hot takes on so the social media. Oh, oh, did got, he? Got, got, I must have missed that. put him on hiatus for a little while. Whew. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, guys. To, round, to, to bring this whole conversation full circle, <laughs> never, ever tweet. Hit the theme, Expo. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFTN. And now, Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet with the wind howling. 
I don't know if they can hear that or not. I don't know. Either. I don't know. We definitely can. We can. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, making us sound good today, celebrating his 58th birthday today, the richest man in the room, Tim Cook. Yeah. CEO okay. of Apple. Yeah, he's got he's got a few more bucks than I got. I would say that as rich and lavish a lifestyle as you lead, mm. he's got you beat. Yeah. yeah that's tough but fair. That's me yeah. driving my two thousand four forerunner out to Big Ben for a vacation. That's Mr. Lavish. And sitting to my right, the Michael Crabtree to my Graham Harrell, our West African prince, it is Ishmael Johnson. Do you know why I have that today? Is it, oh, is the, it the anniversary, anniversary of the, catch? of the Ten yeah. years. Ten years from the crab grab. Man. The crab grab was ten years ago. Can we ago. not call it the crab grab? Why not? <laughs> no. what, 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 what do people call it? Yeah. Not the crab grab. That sounds like something else you get at yeah, Tech. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. God. Like or idea. any other university. Yeah, good save. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> today is Thursday, November 1st, 2018. 21 days until Thanksgiving. Three weeks, baby! Hey, folks, have I talked to you about the crab grab yet? Episode. <laughs> why Why did you go in a Matt Step voice? <laughs> Get around, kids. I'm going to tell you a little story about my crab grab. <laughs> can we restart the show? Can we just, like, can we go and... Episode 653, it's off to a terrific start. 653, Luis Ortiz's OPS in his Leicester's Texas Rangers career. Those 44 games from 95 to 96. On today's show, we're going to try to get this thing back on the back on the tracks. To be fair, Ms. L says, uh, when you say crab grab, I just think of Jameis Winston, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> Look what you've done, Tepper. Listen, if my if my legacy in life is... Getting people to call Crabtree's game-winning touchdown catch the crab grab, um, then I think that I've done my part. I have contributed. Someday I want to see, like, you know, who wants to be a millionaire? And the question is, <laughs> what was the crab grab? Jameis Winston at a Publix. Michael Crabtree against Texas. An STD epidemic on college campuses. <laughs> How am I the only sane Come one on, on the host. show? How am I the only one? If- Get control of your show, man. Come on. Okay. We're, we're on today's show, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it, we'll do it live. We're going to talk about Thursday high school football games you got to watch tonight. Um, and then if he's not mortified to come on the show, uh, we got the head coach of the Thorndale Bulldogs. Coach Scott Hawkins will join us. Thorndale, seven and one on the year, taking a bye week this week. I want you guys to do that math. Seven and one this year, taking had, a bye week this week. We had a cancellation. And no, a next week there oh, were no. no cancellations. I got to ask him about it, but okay. I looked at their schedule. They only had eight games, hmm. so I got to ask him what was going on. Uh, in any case, they're seven and one. Things are going very good in Bulldog Country. We'll talk with head coach of the Thorndale Bulldogs, Scott Hawkins, coming up here. Then, back half of the show, the picks, my high school football predictions for week 10 of the Texas high school football season. And then, America's favorite segment is back. It's free money. 
Let's get into tonight's action. Week 10 of the Texas high school football season is officially upon us. Um, a, a pretty solid slate of games, I will be honest, um, around the state, but but most notably um, collated around the DFW Metroplex. After a couple of weeks where there was like one or maybe two really good games in DFW, this is a really good week in DFW. Um, and that's where a lot of the best uh, Thursday night games are tonight uh, as well. Uh, let's start uh, down, however, in the Houston area. Fort Penn Dulles and Fort Penn Elkins uh, are going at it in their district showdown. Um, and a lot on the line in this one. When you take a look at the, at the district standings, uh, you can, you can, it's, immediate, it's immediately el- you know, obvious why this game is so important for both of these squads. Um, Dulles, uh, Dulles currently uh, is in second, 4-1, and one, feeling pretty good about things. Um, for Elkins, they are 3-2 uh, and two in district. And this game, you know, if uh, this is, I believe Dulles is already in. Yeah, Dulles is already in. Um, I believe that's the case. Yeah, I don't know if they've played Bush already, but it doesn't really matter. Um, the, Elkins needs this win to get in. Elkins can clinch with a with a win tonight. Um, Dulles has rebounded and and really nice. They've 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 kind of gone up against the bottom half of that district and really done well. Their quarter, their their running back Miles Hurd has been fantastic, and quarterback Cameron Peters starting to come into uh, come, come into his own. Um, Elkins was rolling, lost to Ridgepoint last week, who looks like they're going to win the district. Um, but quarterback Cameron George has been really, really fantastic for them, but I think their defense is the difference in this one. Xavier McIntyre, their third linebacker, has been terrific. So, if you're down in the Houston area, get to Fort Bend for Fort Bend Dulles and Fort Bend Elkins. Another game to keep an eye on tonight, Keller and Keller Fossil Ridge. I believe Matt Stepp will be at this game. Um, major playoff seeding implications in this one. Um, Keller's only got two losses, and they're to Carroll and Denton Geyer. That's a pretty good resume there. Um, they're first and second, but uh, Keller did. Uh, Keller's in the playoffs uh, after by virtue of beating Byron Nelson last week. Uh, their quarterback Sloan Henry's been very good for Fossil Ridge. Um, this is a huge game for them. In a lot of ways, there's a way that you can see that this is uh, win or you're out, win or else, because next week they draw Denton Geyer, and. If you are, they're already chasing for a playoff spot. If they win tonight, they're in. If they don't, they need to go and beat Denton Geyer and I believe get a little bit of help. So the, it's all in front of Keller or Fossil Ridge right now. So very interested to see what happens. I've been able to see Fossil Ridge. They certainly look the part, but they've been a bit inconsistent this year. Um, staying in the DFW Metroplex, I'm going to Fort Worth uh, tonight. I'll be in uh, at, at beautiful Clark Stadium for Fort Worth, Benbrook, and, and Kennedale. This is a district title game uh, for District 6-4A Division 1, I believe it is. Let me double-check that and give you guys some good information. Yes, yeah, 6-4A Division 1. Um, and this is this is a huge game in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, district titles on the line. Both these teams have clinched. They're in. This is the final game of the year for Kennedale. They can finish it with a district championship, go into Week uh, week 11 uh, by and get ready for by district play. But beyond that, because they're in District 6, they match up with District 5. That's the La Vega, Stephenville, Brownwood, Gatesville district. A very good district. You want, Obviously, in every district, you want to finish as high as possible. Mm-hmm. Especially so here. Yeah. Um, there's some times where if you finish third and you play a second-place team from another district, you can... It's fine. Ah, we'll be all right. Yeah. You know, we're better than that district. Not so <laughs> Not for them. So, big, big game in this one. Benbrook and, and Kennedale. I believe Benbrook still got the leading rusher in the state. Um, so I'm excited to see that going up against a Kennedale team that started slow but has really caught fire of late. Of course, they played for a title last year. Excited to see Kennedale for Fort Worth Benbrook tonight. Uh, staying in the DFW Metroplex. Told you, it was a great week in the Metroplex. DeSoto and South Grand Prairie. Uh, 
Were you guys thinking about going to this one? Am I crazy? Uh, that never came up unless Ish said it and I wasn't around. Okay. So District 76A, uh, uh, Rick Renner's fond of calling it the District of Doom. Um, I think that's maybe a bit overstating it, but it is a very good district. And a huge, huge game here tonight um, with DeSoto and South Grand Prairie. Um, so South Grand Prairie has, I think, an excellent, excellent defense, but their offense has been wildly inconsistent. DeSoto has been largely great. They had the one hiccup against uh, Mansfield Lake Ridge that's going to end up costing them a, dist- uh, a district championship. Um, although that's that's now a mess because everyone's got a district loss in that one. Um, if you're South Grand Prairie, um, they've got to get they've they've you feel like they've got to win this game. If they lose this game, they're in deep deep doo doo as far as playing that. Especially considering Summit's got Waxahachie tonight or tomorrow, so you got to feel feel like Summit, who they're chasing for that fourth playoff spot, uh, is in line to get a win. Um, so huge game in this one. Shindarian Ward, the quarterback uh, for uh, for DeSoto, has been great. South, uh, what's he do against the South Grand Prairie defense uh, that has been really excellent uh, so far all year? That should be a fantastic game. And then down to the valley, Edinburgh and Edinburgh Vela doing battle for. Uh, we'll just call it the. Uh, I'm sure it has a name, and I don't know it yet. We'll call it the Battle of Edinburgh. Someone from Edinburgh is going to yell at us in the comments. Um, yell at you? Ain't going to yell at me? Yeah. Well, they'll yell at Ish. Um, District uh, District Thirty One Six A. Um, for if you're Edinburgh, um, uh, for Vela, everything's kind of great. They're they're rolling. They're they're undefeated. Eight and zero, four and zero. They're they're going to win the district. Things are looking great for them. They already beaten Westlake East, which was their the the big game that they needed to win. Um, uh, let me make sure of this. Uh, yeah, so they've already beat Westlake, or they I'm sorry, they draw Westlake East next week. Um, but they got to feel good about their playoff positioning. For Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh North is nipping at their heels. And if they want to get that buffer win, which is something Matt Stepp is fond of saying, that buffer win to make sure you get into the playoffs. It's a huge game there uh, tonight. Uh, the big question is, uh, can anybody slow down this Vela attack? Um, and the Edinburgh defense has been largely pretty good, but uh, they do not want to get in a shootout. They do not want to get in a track meet because Vela's got so many different weapons uh, that can beat you. Uh, most notably, Daniel Enrique has to do it all athletes. So... Keep an eye on that one down there in the Valley. Those are Thursday night actions, of course. Make sure you check out uh, Ryan McDonald's terrific piece at TexasFootball.com, previewing the biggest Thursday night games across the state. You don't want to miss it. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insight. That's right. Uh, that is our subscription package. If you like this show and you're like, hey, you know what? I want to support these guys. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. But it's not just for us. It's for you. It's a great deal. You get two magazines, a 2018 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, profiling more than 400 prospects around the state from the class of 2019, which are seniors right now, to the class of 2022. You get that. We'll put it in the mail for you as soon as it comes out right after Thanksgiving. You also get pre-order for the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the Bible of Texas Football, the 400-page magazine. You're watching this show, so you know what Dave Campbell's Texas Football is. It's that magazine. Um, it comes out in June. Subscribers got it a year or a week early last year. Uh, a year early would Man. certainly be something. I better get to work. <laughs> That's service. Um, that is service. Um, 
So you get that. You also get a year's worth of ex- exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer projections of every Texas high school football game, computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, playoff projections, exclusive playoff projections from Matt Stepp. He projects every bracket in the state. You, those are up right now at TexasFootball.com. A season's worth of Tep and Step, our high school football insider podcast, recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete, and our recruiting analyst, Greg Powers. Much, much more. All that for the low, low price of nineteen ninety five for an entire year. Nineteen ninety five for an entire year makes a great gift as well. And actually, the more I think about it, if you're going to time your, um, if you're going to time things uh, to to be an, an insider, now is probably a great time. With the playoffs coming along, you get a lot of really good content online. You get the recruiting book, then you get the summer book, and then if you don't like our content during the season, just don't renew. I'm sure my boss really wants me to say that, but it's the truth. I was thinking about that on the way, and I was like, oh man. This is actually like a great time to subscribe. So TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Hotline to bring in the head coach of the 7-1 Thorndale Bulldogs. We are pleased to be joined, uh, 6-1 rather, we are pleased to be joined uh, by Coach Scott Hawkins. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How are things in beautiful Thorndale, Texas? Oh, man, it is wonderful. It's always a great day to be a Bulldog. Well, it's been a great day to be a Bulldog more often than not this season. You guys are, are, are have been off to a fantastic start. Uh, you know, 6-1, and one, uh, things are really rolling. Uh, you know, last week, a big win uh, over Hearn on the road. Um, you know, this is a squad that, you know, uh, ha, you know has, has kind of been on the build. It, it seems like you guys have really been building this 5-7 and seven last year. Uh, what is it that you would say is different about this year's Bulldog squad? Well, you know, I think really what it is, just kind of the attitude of the kids a little bit is different. You know, we've got a group of kids that have really bought into our, our family concept and our, our concept of, you know, what we call holding the rope for each other and taking care of each other. Because uh, we've had a lot of kids had to step up. We had a few injuries. I mean, last last week against Hearn, we had uh, three starters out and had kids that had to step up, and, and they did a great job. Like, like you said, that was a great game, a real big win for us on the road. And I think that's been the the big difference. I mean, we're playing great defense this year, uh, but it's, again, more of a concept of the the kids buying into what we're asking them to do and and believing in each other and believing their coaches and believing believing in what we're doing. Uh, Yeah, you know, the the win on the road at Hearn is is kind of a a program-shaping win. Um, Going into that game, I'm I'm really interested, you know, knowing what was on the line, knowing full well that, you know, a win there and you feel really, really good, not just about, you know, you clinch a playoff spot, but also feel really good about finishing uh, at least in the top two in the district. Um, What was your message to the kids before that game? You know, like, like I try to tell them every week, you know, I mean, it, yes, it was a big game. They all knew it was a big game. The whole town knew it was a big game. Uh, we tell them it's a big game because of the game we're playing this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew they were talented coming in. Uh, they're very dangerous offensively for sure. Uh, just like I said, just talent all over the field. And just wanted them to focus. And, again, our message was for each of them to do their job. Uh, especially was important last week with some of those starters out, that they had to be able to do their job and they had to trust that their teammates were doing their jobs. And they really did that. Like I said, I, I'm the final final drive that uh, Hearn had, we had a bad punt. And we they started inside our territory, got two first downs, and that defense they never they never gave up and kept fighting. There were a lot of teams that you know might have hung their head and figured it was over. So you know that's that's the big thing. You know, that's why I told them I was real proud of them for that. 
Uh, Coach, you, you're in your fourth year there at at Thorndale, and uh, you know one thing that's that's particularly interesting to me is is your your offensive style. You you came from Liberty Hill, and you brought with it uh, with you the slot T offense. Um, yes. Sir. Do do you get the feeling now in your fourth year, having been around these guys uh, for so long, that 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 has really stuck now, and you guys are are, are fully bought in on on this style of offense? I do. I, I really do. I think, you know, uh, the offensive linemen from them to the running backs, they all have kind of bought in. Uh, you know, it was, it was a big shift, of course, mm-hmm. uh, changing from the spread when I got going to the slot T, uh, you know, but just been building on it. And like I said, these are the kids I had since I was, since they were freshmen and they're at least the seniors anyway. And so they've been doing it for a while and they understand it more. And, you know, they kind of, they get excited about things, you know, when they, you know, cause they get excited when somebody follows them on a fake. <laughs> and so, you know, that's that's what uh, we give them stickers for that when they get the people look at them to go on fakes. And, you know, this year with Jagger Rubio stepping mm-hmm. up and having more yardage, he's opened it up for like last week. Scott Guzman had 15 carries and 284 yards getting hurt mm-hmm. and four touchdowns. And Luke Lesper has been a staple in the offense for the last three years as well. And so now we got all three of those kids going. So, you know, we hope that the defenses have to worry about all of them. Now we're talking with Scott Hawkins, the head coach of the Thorndale Bulldogs here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in talking with coaches who run kind of this old st- old school style of offense, whether it's the slot T, the wing T, you know, the veer. Uh, you know, these are offenses that are not predicated on stars. Uh, these Correct. are these are these are offenses that aren't gonna that aren't gonna make uh, aren't gonna aren't gonna get people uh, headlines. How do you get these kids to buy in on a system knowing full well that this isn't going to be about personal glory? You know, a, a good, you know, you mentioned a good game for you is when you've got a defender following you when you don't have the ball. Um, how, do you, how do you get kids to buy in on something that's not predicated on, on building superstars? Well, I tell you, it's not real easy, uh, especially with all that they see on Saturday and Sunday afternoons and stuff. Uh, but again, we've talked so much about building like a family relationship you know and uh you know it's all really about relationships anyways and so you know i think we've got kids now that they do they do believe in what we're doing they, they can see how it can be successful uh probably one thing i was more proud of last week is that our kids were getting excited for their teammates doing well mm-hmm. you know and so now we've gotten to that point you take that the selfishness away from it and you know you're starting to be excited for your teammates. I mean, that's that's one of the more satisfying things for a coach, anyways. And so the, we finally got a group that's uh, really into that and really excited about just uh, you know they take pride in it. The lineman, the lineman gets to take a lot of pride in what we do now. And so that kind of we kind of talk about that all the time. You know, when they get hundred yard rushers, then they get extra stickers and things like that. You know, we do whatever we have to do to try to get them to you know feel like they're a part of it and that each player is a part of it. That's why we give those stickers for the fake stuff like that. Uh, just to make sure that everybody knows that all 11 are important, even though we're not slinging it around and people aren't having 500-yard passing games and things like that. Uh, you know, another thing that, that strikes me on, on the other side of the ball is pretty much every year that you've been there, this team has improved defensively. Uh, you guys yeah. gave up, you know, almost 40 points a game in, in 2016. I'm sure you don't want to remember that, so we'll move on. <laughs> no. uh, last year, you guys improved, you know, 28 and a half points a game, you know, a step forward. This year, defense has been arguably the strength of the team, uh, giving up just, Over. you know, just 15 points a game. Uh, what has been the difference for you guys defensively? Yeah, there's no doubt they have really stepped it up. And I was just talking to Jagger Rubio about this mm-hmm. yesterday, matter of fact. 
Uh, you know, one thing that's really helping us this year, I mean, Coach B-Tech and the coaching staff do a great job with our defense. You know, they always have. Just, uh, this year is kind of a little different. We, like, uh, none of the offensive line play much defense. And so we have our whole defensive line gets a lot of rest. Uh, our We have a linebacker crew that gets to rotate. And I think, you know, what has helped us was having a little rest and not being on the field the whole time. Because uh, we only have about three or four kids now that pretty much stay on the field the whole game, which is uh, rather unique in our classification, mm-hmm. uh, especially since we only have like 38 kids on the team, you know, total. That's JV and varsity because uh, we only travel with like 25, but we're able to utilize all those kids because we've got, again, all the kids that are willing to step up and they're playing way above their head, some of them. <laughs> and so, you know, when that happens, you, you're going to have some success. Um, the other thing uh, that, that strikes me, I want to go back to your first game of the year. You guys go and, and you take on Bremond, and Bremond is a, uh, a team, you know, you guys are, are pretty familiar with. And, and beyond yes, that, uh, it, it's a team that has had that kind of success that, that you guys are aspiring to. Uh, and you guys go out there and, uh, I mean, to be real honest, you guys laid a lumber to them. You know, 34-8, a dominant victory. Uh, how important do you think it was for you guys to get that kind of tone-setting win uh, in, in your first game? Honestly, I think that was huge. I think that that set the tone for the entire year uh, because, you know, Bremont has been, you know, it seems like I've been coaching against Bremont for 10, 15 years now. They've been really good. <laughs> and so, you know, that was one that I think uh, helped our kids believe in what we were doing and then how we were doing things. And, uh, you know, that was, the, that was a game that started off showing how good our defense was. I mean, they had a the only uh, they had a shutout. It's the only score that Bremont even had was when offense fumbled and they recovered and took it back for a touchdown. You know, so, uh, but I think that was huge in kind of setting our tone and getting the kids to believe in themselves, you know, like we like we as coaches thought they could be. So, uh, Let's talk about the schedule now because okay. this is certainly a, uh, a a bit of a quirk. <laughs> uh, you guys, yeah. you guys, this is your second bye week. Uh, you guys were, were yeah. off in week one, uh, and now you're right. off in, in week ten. Um, right. Can Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Well, yeah, I mean, we had, it was a realignment year. Yeah. And I had uh, I had Milano as week one, and uh, they were in our they got put in our district, so I lost that game. And then I had Goldthwait on the back burners, and then he had to change one and pick up someone. And so I got Chilton, and we agreed to play. And then he called me about a month or two later, and uh, backed out of that, and I just couldn't find another game. Well, and it, so it, yeah, we had to start the year without that first game, and that that worried me a great deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, especially then it made us start off with Bremont, and. Uh, and then we had a game get rained out mm-hmm. uh, in Dawson, week four. So we started district having only played two ball games. Yeah, you guys entered. You know, you. Uh, I think people are looking at that. They're, they're doing the math. They're going, okay, <laughs> right. uh, the six and one. So great season, right. but it's week yeah. ten, and they're off right. this week. Um, so I guess my question for you now is, you know, next week you guys draw a Marlin team that's, you know, they're mm-hmm. struggling, but you can't overlook anybody in district. Oh no, no, sir. Um, uh, you know, I, I, what do you? What, uh, what are your goals this week? What are your goals as far as what do you want to accomplish in, in this year? Your what seems like your third bye week. <laughs> well, honestly, we were just trying to heal up. We had a lot of a lot of bank kids that were banged up. Like I said, we had three starters out against Hearn. Uh, so we're trying to get those kids healthy and just uh, giving the kids kind of a mental rest a little bit. Um, so, you know, we're still we're still practice every day after school. Uh, matter of fact, normally we only practice up through Wednesday, but we're having a practice today. Uh, we did have a game. We found a game for our junior varsity, so they're getting to play this week. Um, but really it's just kind of try to rest, rest the mind, rest the body, 
and try to keep them focused on what we have at hand. You know, because that's the other thing, and, and one last question for Scott Hawkins, sure. the head coach here at, at, uh, at Thorndale, get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF today. Coach, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, and especially around this office, because we're high school football nerds, about uh, 2A Division One Region 4. Uh, you know, I, I know you, you know, you don't overlook anybody and Marlon's going to give you guys a push next week, whether you like it or not. Uh, but the playoffs are on the horizon and you guys are going to be thrust into what I think a lot of people consider to be one of the toughest regions, uh, in the state. Uh, you know, the Shiners or Furios, the Masons loom large. Um, have you given that any thought? Has your team given that any thought or is it just one game at a time? Uh, well, of course, of course, we've talked about it in the office, and yes, I know it is probably it's probably the toughest region in mm-hmm. our classification. I mean, I think uh, those three teams you mentioned are all in the top ten mm-hmm. right now. Uh, of course, Mason's number one, then Shiner, and then Refurio. You know, we played Refurio last year, mm-hmm. and uh, that round two, and so. Um, but at least our kids are familiar. But I think, like I said, it's a different attitude. Uh, the kid, like Hearn, was a big game mm-hmm. just in confidence building for us uh but we know that it's week one and like and like you said we're not overlooking marlin at all uh they're very talented uh they just they just have a number rough year i guess you would say Mm -hmm. and so you know we're preparing for them and not worrying about who's next really Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to go scout because the the next district our first opponent didn't really decide it yet Uh, so we're going to go watch them play this week and there will be a lot of eyes on that center port uh, or that that junction of Brackettville game uh, next week for yes, sir. Uh, for, for, yes, the, sir. Uh, for the Thorndale Bulldogs and their coach Scott Hawkins. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the big win last week and your great start. Uh, best of luck next week against Marlin and in the playoffs. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having us. There he goes, Scott Hawkins, the head coach, Thorndale Bulldogs. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize it that they had that game against Dawson canceled too. Yeah. So they've basically had they've played they've been they're fresh baby. This is the tenth week of the (laughs) year. This is the tenth week of the year, and they have played seven ball games. The triple bye, right? Good if you can get it. But uh, and by the way, by the way, their one loss is a one point loss on the road to Holland, who is seven and one. This team's legit, and that he, he mentioned Lucio, their 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 running game, uh, that slot T. Uh, it sure seems like everyone's really bought in uh, on that, and, and this is not a uh, Rubio rather. Um, uh, they're they're running back Jagger Rubio and, and Scott Guzman. Um, a number of they've got a number of weapons that you can do. Uh, Leshber, Luke Leshbers, that's a name that resonates in the Thorndale area. Um, this is a, you know the, the slot T is the, is tough. It's tough for people to defend. And we talk about it a lot that styles make fights. And going into the playoffs, they got the bye week this week. They're going to take on Marlin. They'll be pretty heavy favorites next week. That's a Marlin squad that's really struggling. Uh, and then they're into the playoffs. And a lot of the talk, when, when we do those bracket breakdowns in, in a week and a half here on Texas Football Today, a lot of the talk about, about this, um, the, about 2A Division One bracket is going to center on Region 4, and it's going to center on teams that aren't Thorndale. It's going to center on Shiner, Refurio, and Mason. Do not sleep on this team. I think this team is dangerous, and I think that they have a chance to really make some noise and really turn some heads. They've already turned some heads, I think, this year under their coach, Scott Hawkins. We appreciate him hopping on with us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com. Slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Week 10 of the Texas high school football season is upon us, whether you like it or not. And big games all across the state. In fact, I think it's a huge week in El Paso, huge week in DFW, 
big week in, in East Texas and then down south as well, uh, are where I'm particularly interested. But in any case, fantastic week of Texas high school football, big games all across the state. Here are my picks for week 10 of the Texas high school football season here on Texas Football Today. Just two weeks left in the Texas high school football regular season and playoff spots and district titles are on the line. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guides to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are now in week 10 of the Texas high school football regular season. Two weeks from right now, we will be previewing playoff games. That's right. The Texas high school football playoffs are careening towards us at an incredible rate of speed. But there's still a lot to determine. District championships as well as, hey, who's getting in the playoffs? We're going to figure it all out this week. We start in Temple. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Wildcat Stadium in Temple. The District 12-6A Championship is on the line as the Hewitt Midway Panthers visit the Temple Wildcats. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, the replacements. There were big shoes to fill behind center for both of these squads, and both of them have found some pretty good successors to those thrones. For Temple, they've turned to Jared Wiley to replace T.J. Rumfield. The Texas commit to play tight end has been sensational as a quarterback at the helm of this Wildcats attack. He has made all the throws that they need him to make. On the other side, for Midway, uh, Tanner Mordecai was really sensational for this Panthers squad, but Nick Jimenez has stepped in and been very, very good as well. So on this big stage with a district title on the line, which new quarterback steps up big? Key number two, which Temple defense shows up? Temple's 8-0, they're rolling right now, and a lot of that has to do with a fantastic defense. In seven of those wins, they're giving up an average of 10.8 points per game. At the 6A level, they'll certainly play. But you'll notice that I said seven of the eight games, because there was one game where they didn't fare so well. In a triple overtime win over rival Belton, they allowed 55 points and more than 550 yards of total offense. Now, this Panthers attack can certainly light up Temple if they're not careful. Can Monto President and the Temple defense show up, or will it be a repeat of the Belton game? And key number three, Midway's time of possession. I think it's fair to say that the more explosive offense in this game belongs to Temple. So for Midway, I think the key is to keep the ball away from that Wildcats attack. And the good news for them is that I think they're uniquely well-suited to do that. Running back James Fulbright has been fantastic. And their defense, they knack for taking the ball away with defensive back Travis Hodges. Can they win the time of possession battle? If they do, Midway's got a terrific shot to win a district title. Who am I picking? I'm going with Temple. I, I think that their offense is humming right now, and I think overall their defense is just so strong. I know they had that one hiccup against Belton, but I think this Wildcats defense is really, really special. Again, I think that if Midway can grind out the game, get something like 25, 26 minutes of possession, I think they've got a fantastic shot. But here, I think that Wildcat Stadium is an X factor. Temple is notoriously hard to beat at home. I think this game being in Temple helps. I think the Wildcats bring home a win and a district crown. Let's go to the DFW Metroplex, 7 o'clock Friday night at South Lakes Dragon Stadium. It is a 5A clash between the Denton Ryan Raiders and the Grapevine Mustangs. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, under pressure. And that is the motto of this Denton Ryan defense. Their defensive line has been fantastic with J.C. Coleman and Jaquez Flemings. 
On the year, Ryan's defense has 43 sacks and 84 tackles for loss. The Raiders live in opposing backfields. This is a big challenge for Grapevine's offensive line. Can they hold up, or will Ryan keep the pressure on? Key number two, ground game efficiency. You know, quarterback Cade Rhodes has been terrific for Grapevine, and he gets a lot of the headlines. But if you ask me, I think the most important playmaker for this Mustangs attack is running back Rashawn Preer. I think he's really the engine that drives this Mustangs attack. On the other side, Ryan certainly wants to run the ball as well with their outstanding running back, Imani Bailey. So who has more success on the ground? Who can be more efficient and effective when they keep it on the ground? And key number three, Ryan's district dominance. It has been nearly four calendar years since Denton Ryan lost a district game. The last one was November 7, 2014, when they lost to then-district rival Denton Geyer. Since then, they have won 24 straight district games. They just have a knack for winning the games that are most important to get into the playoffs. Grapevine has a great shot to break that streak. Can they, or will Ryan's district dominance roll on? Who am I picking? I'm going with Denton Ryan. I think that you don't pick against a streak, and right now that district winning streak really looms large in this matchup. I also think that for all we talk about the running game with Imani Bailey and that fantastic defensive front, I think that their passing game is really starting to cook as well. Seth Hennigan, the quarterback and wide receiver Billy Bowman, have a great connection right now. The key for me is can Grapevine find that offensive balance and can their offensive line hold up? For now, I think the Raiders come away with a big win. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Highlander Stadium in Dallas. It is a big-time district showdown as the Highland Park Scots welcome in the Lancaster Tigers. And, you know, for all the talk about the offensive playmakers in this one, like Finn Corwin for Highland Park and Trey Bradford for Lancaster, I think that these are two fantastic defensive teams, and this game could be pretty low-scoring. In the end, though, the Scots are really hard to beat at home. I think Highland Park keeps it rolling with a win. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Gobbler Stadium in Cuero. It is a South Texas showdown as the Cuero Gobblers take on the Geronimo Navarro Panthers. These are two teams that are pretty familiar with each other for playing each other in playoffs, but here they meet as district foes, and this Navarro team is starting to cook on the ground. Johnny Allegria, their running back, has been on a roll, but Cuero is getting healthier, and that is the number one thing for the Gobblers. Jordan Whittington, their outstanding do-it-all athlete, is back and getting better every single week. I think he's the difference. This game is close, but I think Cuero brings home a win. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Lions Stadium in Henderson. It's an East Texas slugfest as the Henderson Lions welcome in the Carthage Bulldogs with a district title on the line. Can anybody slow down Carthage? Well, there's plenty of reason to believe that Henderson can. Their quarterback, Sebastian Delion, has been terrific, and their defense is big, fierce, and fast. That is a big-time problem for Carthage, but you know what? This team has the longest winning streak in the state. They have tremendous playmakers all over the field. I think Kelvante Dixon makes one or two plays to put Carthage over the top. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Lumberjack Stadium in Dieball. It is a really fun under-the-radar matchup as the Franklin Lions take on the Dieball Lumberjacks. Two teams built very similarly. Great defense and great running game for Dieball. It's Dearis McMillan and a bruising defensive front. For Franklin, Jared Pedraza is in what feels like his 700th year of eligibility, but he just keeps on running for the Lions. And their defense has pitched five straight shutouts. I don't think they shut out Dieball, but I do think Franklin brings home a win. 
And let's go out to El Paso, 8 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Mountain Time at Quarles Brook Stadium Friday night. It is El Paso Americas taking on El Paso Coronado in a critical District 1-6A matchup. This is one of two big-time matchups in that district that are going to shape the playoffs. The other one, Franklin and Pebble Hills, is another one to keep an eye on. The Coronado Americas game comes down to style. Coronado wants to slow this game down with their outstanding defense. Linebacker Patrick Barrett has been terrific. Americas, they want to get into a track meet. Their sophomore running back, Aaron Dumas, has been terrific, has a chance to go over 2,000 yards for the season in this game. I think Coronado comes away with a very, very narrow win, but keep an eye on this one. But those are far from the only big games in Week 10 of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. San Antonio Brennan takes down San Antonio O'Connor. Flower Mount outmuscles Coppell, and Klein Collins beats the Woodlands. Marshall rolls past White House. Pflugerville Hendrickson takes down Round Rock. And in a very close game in the Valley, I like Westlaco over Westlaco East. Hamlin edges cross plains. Canyon bounces back with a win over Hereford. And Mesquite Poteet uses defense to get by John Tyler. Ira Ann stays perfect with a win over McCamey. Springtown gets by Wichita Falls Hershey. And Nederland stays perfect with a win over Crosby. Manville gets by Fort Bend Willow Ridge. Goliad gets by Edna, and Rockport Fulton takes down Orange Grove. Battle of Unbeatens for a district title. I like Buffalo to beat Edgewood. Give me Groover to take down Clarendon, and I'm going to go with Comanche to beat Dublin. Tough to call, but I like Bernie just barely over Lavernia. Give me Woodsboro to stay perfect with a win over Lavia. And in the Battle of Laredo, I like United over the United South. Childress over Spearman. Give me Panhandle to beat Stinnette West Texas. And I think Denison gets by Lucas Lovejoy. Lorena edges Madisonville. Port Natchez Groves just barely over Barbers Hill. And give me Wall to beat Breckenridge. A lot of firepower in our six-man game of the week. I think Milford gets by Coolidge. And Newton gets a push, but they get by Corgan Camden. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week 10 of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There they are. My high school football predictions for week 10 of the Texas high school football season. As always, the official stance of this show one. is that I got at least one right. And I've been right on that. Every single week. I don't think we have an official Texas high school football player of the show, like sponsor of the show. Yeah, we do. James, our, we James, have our funky president. Well, our funky president, DeMarco A. Foster out at Hershey. We have a new running back to add to our favorite players list. I'd like to give a shout out to James Fulbright for clapping back in those comments. Holy cow. Midway, midway running back. Uh, Send us a jersey oh, and we'll put it right there. Seriously, <laughs> man. He might be one of my new favorites. James Fulbright. We will Go see. get him, son. Woo! Temple Temple and Midway will be a fun game. All right. That is that. our official stance. Let's go. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com. Slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Issue? Um, oh, gee. Do, do, we, the, no. do you have the time? Uh, do we have a bit? Do you have the time? We don't need a bit. You don't, you don't have your watch on? Here, I can Just, check it. Uh, I can check it. Hold on. Oh. Oh, do you know what time it is? It's time for free money! Uh, 
for your bookie. Free money for your bookie. My college football picks against the spread. Uh, roughly rough week last week. Real rough. You're trash. Three and seven. The truth last comes week. out. Three you are seven. trash at this. We're forty six, forty and two. Just on the terrible. Uh, um, you're you're near and you're treading water. Forty six, forty and two. I need a I need a bounce back. I need a bounce back week. Yeah. Uh, that basically, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I went like seven and one. Right. That basically undid. Almost all of that. So good. Got to have a good week this week. Uh, what is it? Nine games. Uh, four. Yeah, go, nine games. Zero oh and nine. Here it comes, nah, baby. I'm not going to go zero oh and nine. Zero oh and nine. I might go one and eight. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> What's our first game, Max? This is actually a tough one. It is. We're starting off hot. Let's head east. The Aggies heading to Auburn. Eleven a.m. Saturday. Ooh. Texas A&M four point dogs. Boy, if they aren't trying to mess with you with that four point line, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, uh, I think this is a problematic matchup for for A and M. So if if you haven't paid a ton of attention to Auburn this year, it's a fire gus year. It's a fire gus year, <laughs> uh, and yet here's the thing: they are like bizarro Auburn because their offense is like middling. It's like fine, you know. Jarrett, this was supposed to be the big breakout year for Jarrett Stidham, and he's only been like okay. They're not really like they're running the ball okay. Jatavius or Jatarvius with a Withlow is their their guy to know, but like overall, like mm, offense is kind of middling. The defense, <laughs> the defense is awesome. The defense is really really good, and the defense is really good kind of at everything. Um, the the one place that they are that they are a little bit average is basically like they're really good against the pass, but they can give up a big play every once in a while. But like. A&M's passing game is not necessarily predicated on a big play right now. That's problematic. Um, the other thing, it's time to start talking about A&M on the road because A&M away from Kyle Field appears to be a pretty different team. In a lot of ways, this this Auburn team reminds me of Kentucky, except with a better offense yep. and a more diverse offense. And I think that's problematic for A&M. I'm going to go with Auburn. Um, I like Auburn uh, minus four at home. I think they win probably by about a touchdown. What do you think, Ish? I'm going to take the same thing. Yeah. I don't trust A&M on the road. A&M on the road, that's the one thing. Like, A&M at home, awesome. Yeah. Really, really good. But on the road, um, I mean, even on the road against South Carolina, they were scuffling. Um, they were, they were, they scuffled. Obviously, they scuffled last week against Mississippi State. Um, I don't know. I think that I look at this, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this, uh, this team, especially going against a, a fired-up defense that... Also, Auburn coming off a bye, so they're fresh. Uh, I like Auburn minus four in this one. What's next, Max? It's now locked in that that's going to be a three-point game. Yeah, I know. Of course. No, it's going to be It's like Auburn 31, A&M 29. Right. Yeah. It, 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 we've reached a point in the season where we don't know anything about a handful of teams, and here are two we don't know anything about. 100%. Oklahoma State coming down to Waco, 11 a.m. Saturday. Baylor. Only a seven and a half point dog. If, if you couldn't be more confused by anything at this point, it's this line. So Oklahoma State goes out there and gets their win of the year. Uh, they beat Texas last week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, you know, they did lose. You know, they did, they did beat Boise State, but whatever. Um, they go, now they're going on the road, and the thing that worries me about this game for Baylor 
is the same thing that worried me about Baylor all year, which is they give up big chunk plays, especially on the ground. And Oklahoma State gets big chunk plays, especially on the ground. Justice Hill is awesome. Taylor Cornelius is a dangerous runner and, as we saw last week, a pretty solid thrower. He suddenly too. knows how to pass everywhere all exactly. over the field all the time. <laughs> um, I mean, when you just point at Tylen Wallace and say, hey, catch this. Yeah, right. I wonder, I wonder if this is just bad timing for Baylor. Uh, because I know Baylor's coming off of a uh, off of a bye week. And oh, I'm Brewer. sorry, they, they're coming off. Uh, they get a long week. They get yeah. two extra day, days. Charlie Brewer's in concussion protocol, yeah. so he so at the very least he hasn't practiced all week. Um, I think this is bad, bad, bad timing for Texas for for Baylor to catch Oklahoma State. I think if they caught them about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. I think they may be able to get them. But right now, I'm I'm just not sure Baylor's got what it takes um, to to beat oh, what's a pretty white hot. Um, Oklahoma State team, even at home on homecoming, uh, I like Oklahoma State to cover the seven and a half. Yeah, Shahan did a good breakdown of uh, Baylor's defense a couple weeks mm-hmm. back uh, about their tendency to give up big plays. And the one thing Oklahoma State showed they can do last week <clears throat> is hit big plays. Is hit big plays. <laughs> and Tylen Wallace is awesome. Taylor Cornelius, if he can just find him on occasion, that's that's just absolute trouble. I mean, I don't, I don't I mean, trust Baylor. And at all. think about think about like what Baylor looked like against West Virginia last right. week. You're telling me that suddenly like West Virginia coming off of a bad loss that probably could have, you know, folded their season. They're like, oh, well, that, there goes and the that Big was, Twelve. That was Baylor coming off a bye. Right. I mean, I don't know. I've I've got big concerns about that. I'm going to take Oklahoma State uh, minus seven and a half. What's next, Max? Oh, ish. Just when you thought you were out, oh. they pulled you back <laughs> in. I think I've said before that I would not watch this. Texas time. State. You're a liar. At I'm Georgia worried. State, 1 p.m. Saturday. Texas State, just a five-and-a-half-point dog. Maybe they got this. I, I defer, it's coming. I defer to our West African prince. I have no idea what's going <laughs> on. Um, <laughs> okay, so, yeah, last week, Texas State obviously started t- uh, uh, Willie Jones in place of Tyler Vitt for battling an injury. I don't know if that was an indication of what this offense, if what he's going to look like as you know going forward because he has proven to be inconsistent behind center. Georgia State, I've mentioned the Sun Belt makes absolutely no sense this year. I have no idea. I'm I'm gonna go because I thought that this season was was all was basically lost a couple weeks uh-huh. ago. I'm gonna ride that. I'm gonna say that they ride the momentum. I'm gonna say they cover Texas State cover. Ride that thunder, baby. And also Georgia State's coming off a loss to Coastal Carolina. And yeah. Georgia State, here's the key number for Georgia State. Georgia State is literally, literally, you know how we were talking about how Baylor gives up big plays in the run? Mm-hmm. Georgia State is literally the worst team in the country at that. Okay. The 130th team in the country at giving up big runs defensively. Okay. And Willie Jones is an explosive runner. They start him. They get big plays from him. Texas State covers, or they, they beat the five-and-a-half-point spread. I think they might screw around and win the game. Yeah. Go Pops. Uh, you know what? Here's the other thing. Since I have you here. Yeah. They should just wear the throwback uniforms. Just wear the throwbacks. They already released. They're not. They already released the uniform, but. Well, okay. That's yeah. your mistake. Maybe I'll change my pick. No. I'm taking Texas State. <laughs> Texas State plus five-and-a-half. Go Bobs. What's next, Max? It's a battle to see which team season will be. A little less disappointing after it became disappointing from the heights that it once was. West Virginia at Texas, 2.30 p.m. Saturday. Texas, a two-point favorite. So basically what, I mean, essentially what they're saying is this is a toss-up on a neutral site. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is a really hard game to call. 
um, because I do think that these two teams match up pretty well against one another. Uh, you know, obviously, this is a big, explosive uh, passing attack for um, for West, West Virginia. Virginia, and Texas clearly struggled last week uh, against uh, against a big, explosive passing attack in Oklahoma State. But being at home should help. And uh, the other thing for West Virginia is that their defense is um, is not particularly good against the run, and that is where this game has to go for Texas. Texas has to, has to, 100%, underline it, bold it, everything. They have to run the ball effectively. they got to pick off a couple of passes, which I think they can. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bounce-back week for the, for the secondary. They have to run the ball. Because if this game comes down to, to, to Sam Ellinger throwing it, it's not going to go well. Never ends well. And, and beyond that, you look at the West Virginia defense, they're actually pretty darn good against the pass. So... This has to be a big game for Keontae Ingram. It has to be a big game for the offensive line. I'm going to trust Texas. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm going to trust Texas. I think they get it done. I think that coming home helps. Uh, I think that they have. Um, I think they, I think they feel they probably feel a little bit embarrassed about what happened last week. Um, I think they come home. I think they get a big win. I think they cover the two points. I think they win by about five. That's my pick. What's your pick? No, I'm definitely taking West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing that we've learned from Texas this year, is that their only good win was because Oklahoma might have had the most overqualified coordinator in the country, calling their defense. Maybe every other win that they check off. Has looked really terrible. Counter counterpoint to this, okay? When I look at this, I think like West Virginia is basically big player bust. Sure. I think if you make them march down the field, I'm mm-hmm. not sure they can do that. Mm-hmm. And Texas Texas doesn't tend to give up the huge huge passing play. Sure, they did against Oklahoma a couple of times, but mm-hmm. but really, I I don't know. I I've West got, Virginia's receivers are much more talented than just Tylen Wallace. I agree with that. I agree with that. And we saw, I mean, granted, it could be a huge bounce-back week for somebody like Chris Boyd, who mm-hmm. ha- ha- had himself a Saturday. Um, but Boy, you're starting if, there's to win one me over. Th- if there's one thing I've learned this year from Texas Shoot. is, and honestly from Tom Herman teams, he, he punches up when he's the underdog, obviously. That's yeah. the story of his teams. They're not the I, underdog. Sorry. They're not the underdog. And there's one again. Every win that we've like, oh Texas is back. You know the the, the running joke. But every win that we've checked off, TCU, okay. USC. Know, but you could argue that even though they're not necessarily the underdog, it's still a big game, and they know that. It's absolutely, you know, it's absolutely like, a big game. And I'm not, I'm not saying that. And, and the other that thing is that, that like, looking at West Virginia, like, I don't think Texas lays two eggs in a row. Okay, that's my thought. Okay, that, that I can understand. Okay, Texas doesn't lay two eggs in a row. Back. I think they, I, I, I'm buying I the bounce. Them. I'm buying the bounce. I don't trust them to, but I can I can understand I'm, that argument. I'm I'm going to trust them to do whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You threw out the T word there in the wrong con- I'm context. Sorry. I'm sorry. Ish used it right. Uh, you can't trust them. Okay, we've been over this before. I don't think they lay two eggs in a row. I think Texas. I think Texas covers the two. All right. By the way, Texas isn't back until we're in the conversation with like playoff and stuff well yeah that's that's the official stance that yeah. i feel like we need to I justify i agree that texas is, is be- no they're not we've they're, got they're, the, we've got the banner hanging up here and we'll drop it whenever right. we'll let you guys know <laughs> when when the, when, the, when the first rankings come out and the playoff comes out that's <laughs> texas is back not like hey they beat a pretty bad tcu team yeah <laughs> what's next max oh baby oh lord the game oh, no. of the week no game of the week let's go utep at Rice, 2.30 p.m. Saturday. Rice, the Owls, 
one-point favorites. Who? Mother bleeping who? We're taking the Dave Campbells, but no, we're not. But, oh, um. God. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot this game was happening. How could you? How could okay. you? So these are legitimately... Rice is a favorite, baby. These are two of the five worst teams in the country. Going at it. Um, I get it. You're building up slow, mm-hmm. right? Up start slow. start slow, but you're getting hyped. I it's can a, see it. It's coming. Run, it's son. coming. Here's here's why here's why I'm picking UTEP to win this game outright. Ooh. What? Okay. Here's why I'm what? picking UTEP. I'm on the edge of my seat. What? That is because Rice is trending in an extraordinarily bad way. Um, basically, they have not they they have not played a good game. They played. They played a good half uh, against um, FIU. Against FIU, and they played a decent half against North Texas, but they have not been able to put together a whole That's game. That's two. That's a full game, I <laughs> if guess. If they can get both of those together, this is here's what's amazing about this game. I it's see, very lie. it's very rare that you see one of the worst offenses in the nation taking on another one of the worst offenses in the nation. It's very rare to see this, right? But in the end. I think UTEP has the better offense. That is very much damning with faint praise. But I think that they have the better offense. I think they're able to run the ball. I think that they get the win. I think UTEP gets off the schneid. I think they break the 20-game losing streak. They go on the road. They beat Rice. I'm taking UTEP. What do you think? Sure. Sure. You know, no, not this no game. Pain. No. Uh, yeah, out of UTEP. Why not? I just yeah. I, I don't want there to be a winless team in this state. Max, what do you think? Gotta go with the owls, man. Look at them. They're owls. They're a cute little <laughs> owl. I want an owl in here. We need an owl. We need a live owl in here. How you be so mean to an owl? What's next, Max? Golly, these guys are the ones going to be designing your bridges and cars in the future. They're going to put a. And I, I appreciate them very much. They're going to. Yeah. Then they're going to put a design. You know flaw what? You bring, you bring up the point that they that that it's that it's like. You know, I, you know, I love Team Nerd. Oh man, that's tough. No, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with UTEP. I think UTEP's trending in a better way. What's next, Max? Whatever. Boy, now this. See, the thing is, those were bad teams, but it's an it's an interesting game. These are. Oh. This is not an interesting game. This is just a oh. sad game. This is Kansas State at TCU, two thirty p.m. Saturday, and TCU an eight point favorite, and it couldn't feel shakier. Boy, it really couldn't. Um. Can I pay Shahan to not watch this game? Yeah, <laughs> like really. When we, when we get the schedules to what game we're watching. Um, for as for as much of a dumpster fire as TCU feels like it is right now, and it feels like a dumpster fire. Want to be clear? Yeah. The by the way, they've lost five of their last six games. <sighs> um, they are not as much of a dumpster fire as Kansas State is. Kansas State. At the very least, TCU still has a, a, a couple of explosive weapons, right? They still have that. Kansas State doesn't have that. And when you add in uh, that Kansas State's defense has really suddenly like collapsed underneath its own weight. In fact, it's, almost, it's one of the worst defenses in the country. Um, I don't know. I think I, like, I, think I, I think I like TCU to cover this. Um, I think coming home will help. I think they've heard. I, I don't know, and I know that I know that. Like I took Kansas, I took them to beat to bounce back against Kansas last week, so I should feel burned. Um, but I've 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 calloused over, man. I'm all okay. calluses at this point. I'm taking TCU minus eight. I'll, I'll take TCU as well, just because 
you have to go up, right? There's yeah. After last week, there's there's the dead cat bounce, right? right. When a dead cat hits the hits the, hits the hits the ground, it still bounces up. This is the bounce. What's next, Max? I'm just thinking about that dead cat. That's all I'm thinking about. Jeez. Oh, mm-hmm. <sighs> Crab grabs and dead cats. Boy. It's been a good show. It's been a really good show. Boy. It's been a really good show. We've rallied. Houston coming up to the Metroplex up on the hill. 6 p.m. Saturday. 14-point favorites over the ponies. That feels about right. Yeah, this is weird. Um, this is That that does. That feels exactly right. Yeah. Um, now, SMU is... You know, when you talk about trending, I think they're trending up. They're yeah. trending in a positive way. Yeah. They almost they, they should have beat Cincinnati last week. Yeah. Um, they should have beaten Tulane a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Central Florida is Central Florida. Uh, they beat Navy, obviously, in a game they probably shouldn't have won, but they did. Um, the other thing is, is you're getting Houston away from TDECU Stadium. And that is, you know, that's not nothing. That's not nothing. T- uh, that's not nothing. That's we've right. talked that's, about. That's we've talked. Way to phrase that. We've talked about how TDCU Stadium has become one of the most, um, one of the best home field advantages in the state. That's fair. Um, getting them away will help. Uh, that said, I just think that when you look at this SMU defense, which is still not very good, it's, it's not great, but it's not very good. Right. Um, or it's, better, it's not bad. It's better, not terrible. Played better last. It's week. not terrible. They, they played one of the best games. Yes, it's not terrible. Right, but it's not great. The way this Houston offense is cooking right now, you need great. It sounds like Ed Oliver is coming back for this game. <laughs> He's going to eat against an offense that is still still on the whole struggling for for SMU. I think I think they cover this. I like I like Houston minus fourteen. Yeah. Uh, in this one, I, I do too. Just mainly because. Like you mentioned, they get Ed Oliver back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense, uh, we mentioned Houston, hasn't been great this year, but SMU is still fine. It, it, you get little bursts from mm-hmm. SMU's offense, right? Yeah. Last week you got it late in the second half. Uh, ben Hicks looked like the quarterback that we'd kind of – that Chad Morris kind of mm-hmm. envisioned when he started him originally. They did it against Tulane. And, yeah. They did it yeah. against Tulane. Got the win. So, but, again, it's just too erratic – um, once again, there's the mental factor with Ben Hicks throwing another pick six last mm-hmm. week to lose the game. I don't know. I, I, Houston's one of the hottest teams in the, the nation other thing right now. The other thing about Houston is I think after last week, they can see a conference Oh, title. yeah. They're like, or at least they're, a division they're, they're title. They're full steam ahead. And so I think they're going to come out with, with, uh, with a passion, and I think they're going to come out and get a win. I'm going to take Houston minus 14. Yeah, same. What's next, Max? Two more to go. Two more to go. UTSA is going to Birmingham to play UAB 6.30 p.m. Saturday. They are 22-point underdogs, and that's what they deserve. So here's here's the interesting thing about that, okay? UTSA has the second-worst offense in the country, mm-hmm. and they're going up against a, really, a top 25 defense mm-hmm. in UAB. Starting a true freshman quarterback. On the road, mm-hmm. yes, okay? I don't know if UTSA is going to score in this game. Yeah, a shutout could be happening here. Okay. So let's just let's just work under the assumption that they get. Let's, let's say they get. Stats. Let's say they get a touchdown. Let's say they get seven points. Yeah. Is that a fair? Uh, does anybody think that's a, a crazy assumption? To say they only get seven points. Not crazy. Okay. Not crazy. The question is, do you think UT, UAB can score thirty? I think they can. Yep. I think they can. I mean, you you know, uh, now they did hold Southern Miss to twenty seven last week, but I also think they're up. But they gave up thirty one to, to Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm going to go with UAB in this one. I think UAB covers I think UAB, the 22. Okay, never mind. I was going to say UAB is almost pitching a shutout on Texas teams, but 
North Texas got 21. Yeah, they did. Because they, they held UTEP in Rice scoreless. Yes, they did. Um, yeah, true freshman quarterback. I like Jordan Weeks. Right? I do, too. We're, we're I like JoJo. JoJo Weeks. We're big JoJo Weeks fans on this show. Um, but it's true freshman on the road. True freshman on the road, yeah. And okay, even, a, a even though he might defense. probably be the most talented quarterback right now healthy for them, yeah. it's not enough. It's, it's true freshman on the road against top 25 defense. Nope. And finally, Maximilian. Oh, baby, it's the headliner. We're going out to the South Plains. Oklahoma Ooh. at Texas Tech, 7 p.m. Saturday. Tech, 13-and-a-half-point dogs. I think that's unfair. I think the weirdness of a Saturday night in Lubbock Gosh. carries over. They're covering this. They're oh. covering you, this. I'm sorry. You took all my talking points. Sorry. They're covering it. For, forget all the metrics in this one. Texas Tech, night game, 10-year anniversary of the crab grab, blackout. Which is which is what they're wearing, not what they'll be doing. <laughs> Texas Tech covers this game. I don't, covers the spread. Yeah. I don't think they win it. Nah. Right. I don't think they win it. But they keep this in close. I like Tech minus thirteen or this plus thirteen. Is a, this is a third and quarter a glance game. You look at the third quarter, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. like that's a game where you're this like, oh, hey, this third, going to be thirty-five twenty. Eight. That's exactly right. it. Yeah. It's thirty-five right. twenty-eight Oklahoma in the th- like midway through the third quarter. You go, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, yes. Tech keeps this close. They got about a ten percent chance to win this game um, outright. Uh, I like Tech in the or I like Tech to cover this one. Um, yeah. With that said, no Oklahoma. <laughs> they got, they definitely they definitely uh, win by over th- more than three. Really? <laughs> yeah. I like I like trust me I like this offense. I like everything that you just mentioned. Kyler Murray's a killing machine. You're man. going against it. I'm going against it. Uh, I think someone's I gotta. Think, I, I do say in the third quarter it will be close. But I think they win by 14. I think they win by just over. I think they win 14 or 17. Okay. Fair I think you're wrong. Fair enough. That's fine. I got Auburn minus four at home against A&M. I got Oklahoma State minus seven and a half at Baylor. I got Texas State plus five and a half at Georgia State. I like Texas minus two at home against West Virginia. I like UTEP plus one at Rice. I like TCU minus eight at home against Kansas State. I like Houston minus 14 at SMU. I like UAB minus 22 at home against UTSA. And I like Texas Tech plus 13 and a half at home against OU. That is free money. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Uh, My computer is about to die with all the comments, so I can't really scroll through them. So what I'm going to do instead is give a few plugs for our website. How's that sound? Number one, if you're trying to follow scores on Friday night, go to our website. We have live scores all night, baby. Let's Mm -hmm. go. Uh, Number two, we got two great features this week, teams to watch. I know Tanner Solis is in the house. We wrote about Franklin. Mm -hmm. Brady Keene talked to Coach Hedrick. Uh, about their great run and that unbelievable defense they've got this year. So TexasFootball.com, read about Franklin. And I know we got a lot of Wagner Thunderbird uh, fans yeah. in the house usually. Really Brady also talked uh, talked to their head coach, and their story is great. And I, I don't know if you guys know this. I didn't know. They're running the Veer, which just gets me so excited. Ooh. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. so go back and read why they switched to the Veer. Uh, really cool. San Antonio for the playoffs. Really cool anecdotes in there from Brady Keene. Also see our previews, Matt Steps preview, Tepper's preview video, which you saw here, but it's there too if you want to go through it again and yell at him. Uh, we have the Thursday night games to watch. Got a lot of great content at TexasFootball.com. Go check it out. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Max Thompson and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Mailback Friday on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.